podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kauser Show. We're in touching distance of the end of the season and there's still so much to play for. What a wonderful weekend we've had. The Reds securing their second trophy of the season. Happy days indeed. The quadruple still pretty much looks alive. It's going down. It's going down to the last game of the season. And you know what? Things are heating up. So it's only fair that I bring the fire with my guests. So you know what? Let me introduce them to you. First up, um, I am delighted to be joined back again with Steve, who is on quite a good streak at the moment because he's on the post-match um FA Cup game as well, um, uh, the post-match show for that one. So, uh, Steve, welcome back. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to have you on, my friend, and uh, it's great that you're contributing to this show. It, it means an absolute great deal to me. And, and, and joining Steve, I have somebody who has an impeccable record when it comes to these late-night kickoffs. Should I be stressed? Did I get stressed when, um, uh, when um, Southampton scored? No, I didn't, because you know what? You've got to hold the faith, you've got to keep positive, and plus, 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 I'm not a superstitious person, but I had Carl on this show, so it's kind of, um, it's it's a show thing. Carl, welcome back. <laughs> I mean, I was the exact same, you know, you know the, the, the goal went in, you know, we we had a, a bit of a fringe team out, but then I, I remembered the, the midweek record and, and my mind rested easy, and of course the lads came through for us, so we, we can uh, keep the streak going. We can, we can, yeah. I mean, I I literally kept a straight face when Redmond scored, not going to lie. I was just like, yeah, it can happen, it can happen. But you know what? Guys, uh, thank you both for joining us. We have a couple of callers, so I'm going to get through to uh, get through real quick um, and let them have their shout-outs and let them have their thoughts uh, because it is getting a bit late here. So first up, I am delighted to be joined back with Kieran, he didn't call last time I was on the post-match um, show, but it's great to have him back. Kieran, welcome back. Thank you very much. Delighted to, um, delighted to have you back on again, my friend. Uh, you know the drill on the Nina Kaza show, so the floor is yours. Yeah, it's a big one to uh, take the, the title race down to the last day, at the very least. Um, I thought, I thought that considering they might the changes we made to the lineup, I thought it was a good performance from, from the lads, you know, we... We created plenty of chances. I mean, we don't get off the best of starts when we concede that goal. You know, it's one of them can happen. But I thought after that, we responded very well and we kept pressing and we got rewarded with two goals that could be massive. Could be massive, absolutely. And, and I mean, I know we shouldn't, I probably shouldn't ask you this, but like, how are you feeling for Saturday, you know, for, for the last game of the season? How are you feeling? I'm, I'm pretty calm. Look, whatever happens, you know what I mean? You know, at the end of the day, you know, that, 
you know, City are still massive favourites for the title that's in their hands, ultimately. But, you know, weird things have happened. But, look, whatever the outcome is, I'll just be proud of this group of players. As I know, they've given absolutely everything. And that's all That's all we can ask for, really. Couldn't agree more, my friend, Kevin. Kevin, thank you so much for calling. I'm sure we'll talk about the team lineup and all those things as well. But it's an absolute pleasure having you back on. And thank you for that. And, yep, I completely echo that. Completely proud of these lads. That was Kevin, our first caller, joining joining me next. I mean, it's a familiar voice on the Nina Kaiser show. You've heard her many a times on this podcast. She's awesome. You also hear her on the main Anfield Index podcast, keeping Cambridge in check and Trev Downey. It is the legendary uh, Lisa Marie. Um, welcome to the Nina Kaiser show as a caller. <laughs> it, it, it does feel a little different to be on the side of guess of the panel. Um, haven't done that for a long, long time. So, yeah. Um, so what can I say? Um, I just want to say I love Tacky Minamino. I just do. I just adore him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, you know, he just seems to come up with the goals for us when we need him to. And I, and I just think that that really just can't be said enough, that he's just kind of quiet and in the background. And when we need him to step up, he does. You know, he did it all season for the Cups, and then he did it again today. Um, and just with the number of changes in the starting lineup. No, I think they all did very well. You know, I mean, you know, I know you guys will get into that, but I just, it just goes to show, you know, we all talk about the, you know, what is typically the starting 11 and how fantastic they are, but it's, it's the next 11 too, I suppose. It's just the entire squad. And, you know, no matter what happens, we can just be proud of this Liverpool team and what they have done this season. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? We could not agree more, Lisa. And you know what? Both you and Kieran have kind of touched on the starting lineup. So you know what? I am going to come to my panel and we're going to talk about that exact same thing because that's how we kind of start off the show. So, um, Steve, I'm going to come to you. Of course, you know, um, still pretty much a lot to play for before this game. But we also knew that there was a few injuries. Um, Jurgen Klopp had to make a, make a few subs um, over the weekend against Chelsea in the FA Cup. So the starting lineup. I mean, you look at that starting lineup. You've got Alison Becker, Shimikas, Konate, Matip, Gomez, midfield of Milner, Jones, Elliot, Minamino, Firmino, Firmino, and Jota leading the attack. I mean, what did you make of that? And, uh, you know, again, you know, both Lisa and Kieran have said like they literally played really well. And, uh, I think a few years ago, um, we would have been in a position where you absolutely looked at that bench and it would, kind of be a little bit uninspiring, no, no disrespect and no shade. But, you know, these players, like, you know, they're decent. They actually have a genuine chance of, like, breaking through. It's like they've got a point to prove. They almost know that they are good enough to do it if they really push themselves and apply themselves. I mean, is this... I mean, I think Jurgen Klopp's got a fantastic squad here, but I want to get your thoughts on, on the starting eleven. Were you surprised? Any shockers there for you? It's it's the eleven I wanted to see start. It's not the eleven I thought would start. I didn't think Klopp would go for Harvey and Curtis, but I was properly excited to to see that team. Um, and if you don't call this week's show Tacky Top Bins, I am going to be thoroughly disappointed because he was brilliant and that that yeah it was just such a tacky moment, wasn't it? But yeah, the team I thought it was a really positive eleven. Um, we had to have one of the centre-backs in from the weekend. And I think if anyone's going to handle the minutes, you know, 
Ibu's been managed pretty well this year, so I wasn't too concerned. And today he kind of strolled around with a big presence and didn't look too out of shape for the match. Um, Matt Gomez, Simakas all had to play all, you know, it was a game that was perfect for all of them, to be honest. I was really pleased to see them all starting. And as I said, I didn't expect that midfield, but I was really excited about it. Um, Surprised Milner lasted as long as he did, but I guess that's purely down to Gomez's injury. And then the front three, you know, that was probably the best we could have started hope for. Um, Divi's probably not starting another game for us, but at least we got to see him come on. Tacky is tacky. Bobby is, you know, I definitely have my man crush on Bobby Firmino. So I was really pleased to see him start today mm. and see him playing with a smile on his face and seeing him on the bench after he came off in the 93rd minute, throwing water bottles at people, laughing and smiling, you know. Yeah. The world is a better place when Bobby Firmino is happy. And Jota just needs to get played into form. So, again, I was glad he started. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a reasonably balanced lineup, as much as it can be with that front three. I was a little bit worried about Bobby and Tacky and Elliot getting each other's way. But apart from that, it was, you know, it's what I wanted to see. And I was really, really pleased with it. And it paid off. It absolutely did. And Carl, I'm going to come to you. I mean, your thoughts on the starting lineup. The midfield really kind of made me laugh because he had like two little like babies and then you've got senior member James Milner in there. But um, I want to get your thoughts on, on the starting lineup. Any surprises for you? I mean, given the fact that I think a lot of, I don't know, maybe some small-minded people when it comes to that kind of football, but, oh, well, there's still so much to play for, but... You know, uh, Klopp has fielded kind of a, a weaker side and, you know, you, you will get those kind of people who may have looked at it like that, like Klopp's more focusing on the Champions League. I mean, what did you think of the starting lineup and how they and how they did? Because I thought they did pretty well. Yeah, no, I wasn't surprised that there were so many changes. I mean, obviously Klopp wants to take it to the final day, but at the same time, he doesn't want to do so in the process of breaking his team for the Champions League final. And and we've mm-hmm. seen in the, the past week or so, Fabinho go down with injury, Salah go down with injury, Van Dijk go down yes. with a, a knock. You know, we, we can't risk any more players breaking on us. So I wasn't surprised at the amount of changes. There, there was a couple of surprises, though. I mean, I, I think we went a bit stronger in attack than I would have expected. I, I was surprised to see Jota start because he practically played 90 minutes in the cup final, having come on for Salah early doors. Um, so I, I was surprised not to see Origi start. Um, and then in midfield, um, similar to Steve, I was surprised to see the two young lads get the the nod. I would have thought maybe Jones and Milner would start along with one of the the other three senior lads. And then maybe we'd see kind of Henderson, say, play 45 minutes and then uh, Keita play the the second half, something like that. But, you know, I'm I'm glad that Harvey Elliott was was brought back in. You know, he hasn't featured much of of late and he was so good earlier in the season. He's such an exciting prospect and I, I think he... He he showed today what what we've missed when he hasn't been playing many minutes yeah. in the in the past few months because he's just such a such a talented footballer. No, he really is, and uh, yeah, I I thought he had um, a really really good game as well. But I'm going to go through some shout outs, and obviously we'll do some player focus of, of some of the players that played as well. Steve Pizza, the legendary Steve Pizza, who I think will be at the games um, uh, against Wolves. Let's oh, he was at the last the last one as well when obviously um, Man City beat. 
Brighton and we were happy for like three minutes. So Steve will be at that game, hopefully. But um, uh, at the moment, Steve just messages, messaged us on Discord saying, at work, so can't call up. Just to say, up the amazing quadruple reds to the very last fucking breath. Um, uh, somebody's absolutely delighted with the reds, and rightly so. Right, let's kind of do some of these player-focused things. So I've got another question here. We'll get to Lisa Maurice as well, and we'll talk about Minamino and, of course, some of the players that play today. Um, you never walk alone, foodie here. He has a question for the panel. So, Carl, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Question for the panel, Kanate, what a player we have. Do you think he will start the Champions League, fi- start the Champions League final? Um, uh, and will he be, will he be number one with Virgil van Dijk next season? Um, I'm really intrigued to hear what you have to say on this because I'm pretty sure I heard Jamie Carragher say what a signing he's been. Uh, you know, I think Jamie Carragher was under the illusion that this guy is, um, basically going to play second fiddle to, um, Matip, which kind of made me chuckle a little, but I want to get your thoughts on him because to me, I think he, when I think of the Champions League team that Jurgen Klopp fields, Konate always plays with Virgil van Dijk, and he's 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 just looked sensational in my opinion. I thought he was great in the final as well in um, against um, Chelsea. But I want to get your thoughts on him. I just think he's just this big presence that you just do not want to mess with. Yeah, I think you know on Konate in general. I mean. What a player indeed. I mean, he's so young, but he looks so, so established as a center mm-hmm. half. And it's, it's usually a position where players don't really peak until they're maybe in their mid twenties, but already he looks like he's, he's almost like, yes, once in a while he shows his age and maybe goes to ground when he shouldn't. But, you know, that's only natural for a young center back. But I mean, what a player. He's similar to, to Van Dyke in so many ways in that he just doesn't seem to have any weaknesses. He has the pace, he has the size, he has the, the power, he has the engine. It's it's just crazy how good he is. And and to be honest, I was shocked that we got him because I thought really with the likes of Chelsea and United being linked with centre-halves and obviously they, they tend to pay much higher wages than us. I, I thought we'd be get blown out of the water there, but it felt almost like we had a, a free run at him and I'm so glad we did. Um, but I mean, in terms of who will start, you know, it is tough because you look at Joel Matip and last summer I thought maybe given, you know, the, the injuries for, for Matip last season that, that maybe he was going to move on and, and we had to kind of give up on him. But he's really proven me and a lot of other people wrong this season and the way he's been a, a stalwart and he hasn't had the injuries this season and, you know, he used to play the majority of league games. But we've seen in, in more recent weeks, maybe that Konate is getting more time and there was a big debate coming into the FA Cup final on who would start. Would he go with the experience of Matip or would he go with the pace of Konate? Even though Chelsea probably don't really threaten with, with pace as much as Madrid will. And I mean, that that's another consideration, you know, what is, you know, Madrid's biggest threat is, is probably Vinicius on the left side, his pace, you know, we, we, he terrorized us last season and we, we know obviously we, we didn't have our first choice center backs then, but it's so important to be able to, to match him stride for stride. And obviously Konate has that, but then at the same time, Matip has the newest and we know obviously Benzema is a massive threat as well. So I, right now, you know, looking forward, I, I'd say, you know, considering the FA Cup choice, I'd I'd probably say Kanate is gonna get the nod, but at the same time, you wouldn't be shocked to see Joel Matip in the in the starting lineup, and it it's a great headache to have. Let's be honest. 
It is like zero complaints. Let's not forget what kind of defenders we used to have. Um, not so long ago, but moving on because these are happy occasions. Uh, Steve, I'm going to come to you. I mean, your thoughts on Konate and the question. Um, if you want me to repeat it at will, Konate, what a player we have. Do you think he will start the Champions League and start as as the number one next to Virgil Van Dijk next season? I think he starts in the final. I think the question is mm-hmm. actually who starts at Matip and Van Dijk, and will Van Dijk be ready? Because if it is his bad knee right, that's a concern. Um, hopefully, obviously he can play, but if he can't play, we've still got two fairly incredible centre-halves. Um, I kind of think that Ibu and Van Dijk are probably, if not already going to see, be probably the best centre-half pairing since maybe Maldini and Nesta when they were in their absolute prime. Yeah. Um, but they always had absolutely fantastic backups players like Costa Curta, which is where, you know, Gomez and Matip do fit in. So I do think I do think he starts in the final. I do think he's first choice next year. But I, however, because of his injuries and because the club have learned how to manage players and look how they've got Matip back, to his best, look how they've got Cater back this year. I do think he'll be first choice, but he will rotate enough to keep Matip busy. It's a great conundrum to have, absolutely. Um, uh, person, my, my personal preference, I would like to see Konate start in the Champions League final purely because I, I you know what, it was really interesting because um, I don't have many recollections of a Joe Matip and Konate playing together as a centre-back pairing, but obviously we saw it against uh, Chelsea and, and you know, for, for a part, they, they, they look pretty decent and solid. I thought Konate looked really, really good. I think Matip, when he came on, he was excellent. And today, I think they've, they've showed it again. So that is, I mean, like, you want Virgil van Dijk to start. You absolutely do. But what you've just said there, Steve, with regards to if, if Virgil van Dijk does not come back, you know, we're going to have to watch this space. The fact that these two have played and they look decent together, like that gives me a lot of comfort. And with players like, I don't know, you're looking at Real Madrid and the threats that they have with the likes of Karim Benzema, you know what kind of player he is and you kind of want your best defenders. So um, in that regardless, um, for me, Ibrahima Konate has to be in there for that and those kind of threats because um, we know that this... um, this Real Madrid team does not give up as Pep Guardiola and Man City know. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I hope we've answered that you never walk alone, foodie. Um, let's keep going. We'll go to Lisa Marie's question now. Steve, I'm going to stick to you. Um, sh- again, um, Taki Minamino. I, I love the fact that, she, you know, she, she kind of highlighted and the loads of stats going around that he was our leading goal scorer in the both, in the both domestic cups. Um, I also love the fact that he, played the entire full game like he, he you know he, he lasted the entire game he played really well he looked sharp he was getting into spaces he was kind of showing some strength as well you know I still think he needs to work on that but for me he looked really good and he took his goal so well um keeper could have done better but we're not getting into that we'll take that all day long but to me he just looks really good and what I really like about him Steve is the fact that I think he's technically very good. Like, I don't know, his touch is always, for most parts, always great, his first touch. Yeah, I think he's a really good, I think he's a good one-touch footballer. I think he's a really smart player when he has to Mm. make quick decisions. So it's that quick, the one-twos he was playing with, Bobby and Elliot today, getting around the box, trying to play off 
uh, Jota a couple of times. I think those snap, snapshot decisions and his technique, I think he's really good. Mm. I think where he falls down is where he gets too much time on the ball and then he looks up and he sees too many options and that's where he gets bogged down on it, I think. But mm. I think when the, when the game's moving quickly around him, I think he's brilliant. And uh, uh, that goal today for me was an absolute stereotypical tacky goal. It was a wonderful little sort of layoff to him. And he doesn't think, and he just smashes it in the top corner. And um, I'm sorry, but unless unless you're Big Al, you're not getting near that because he properly smashed that in the top bins. It was a wonderful, wonderful strike. And again, he's got that sort of Bobby thing, hasn't he? When Tacky's smiling, the whole world feels a better place. He's such a cheerful, enjoyable footballer to watch. Um, yeah. And I th- yeah, I thought I just thought I thought he played really well. I thought he was linking play all day long, dropping into positions. Um I know he's been he's been a fantastic player throughout the cups. What's it? Nine goals, tops as as Lisa, top scorer in both of the um both of the cups and a goal every ninety five minutes this season or something something like that. Might be slightly longer after the match. But I mean what a what a record for our sixth choice striker, right? And I, I, I hope he stays. I hope he wants to be part of the squad. I hope he wants to keep winning trophies with us because I do think he gives us another dimension. I think he gives us, when we're playing the team like we're playing today, a bit of quick thinking creativity as opposed to Bobby, who can sometimes slow the ball down if he's not playing well. Or Obviously, we all know that Divi is a scorer of great goals, not a great goal scorer, and we don't know what's going to happen with him going. But I do hope he stays. I do like what he does on and off the ball. And um, yeah, I thought I was really, really happy for him today. I was really hoping that him or Bobby would score um, as soon as I saw the line-up. Yes, yes, yes. We have we have the messages for it. Um, yeah, um, I'm so glad, Steve, you've touched on the fact that you would like him to stay because I pretty much feel the exact same way. Um, you definitely need quality on in your squad and I hope he sticks around. Carl, I'm going to come to you and uh, with Lisa's Thoughts basically on on Taki Minamino and uh, you know this podcast is apparently called Taki Top Bins. Uh, so over to you, Carl. What what did you make of him? What what impresses you about him? For me, uh, first and foremost is is his attitude. Um, I mean, mm. look at the the situation he found himself in. He was loaned out to Southampton last season, and generally that's a that's a a debt sentence for for a Liverpool player under Jurgen Klopp we've had in the past where people have have talked you know we've all been guilty of it we've talked about Gruyage or you know Markovic and Klopp's first season Klopp said he was a talented player and that it was because we didn't have European football and and so on that he decided to loan him out that season but we all knew they you know we, we we all knew eventually you know they weren't coming back and I had that feeling about Minamino. I, I thought he was going to be sold in the summer. And there obviously was rumours of Southampton making a permanent and a couple other clubs linked. But obviously that, that didn't happen. And, you know, he kept his head down and every chance he's been given. And it's it's generally been in the Cups. He's taken it. He's He's well involved not just his goals but just his his general play and I think a a few months ago there was an interview with him where he he said he's he wants to you know he's the the first Asian to to play for Liverpool and and he wants to 
to make that county. He wants to, you know, he doesn't just want to be mm. a, a bit part player. And, mm. you know, he's shown that in his attitude on the, on the pitch. And, and maybe ultimately he, he won't get to be a regular. And that's, that's no slight on him. That's simply because there's just a crazy amount of attacking talent at the club at the moment. Um, but you know he he should certainly count himself among that talent because he's a, he's an excellent player and you know as as Steve said there's not many players out there that are as as good when it comes to just that that one touch football you know be that either link and play or or taking shots like he he's a he's an excellent player and you know I'm never I'm I'm never concerned when I see him on the team sheet because I know he's going to give it his all and and he's gonna he's gonna pose a threat to the opposition. Yeah, he definitely, definitely gives me like Roberto Firmino vibes when, you know, Roberto Firmino was just like basically um, playing beach football where he would just, you know, him and Katina, when him and Katina used to play and, you know, they were both thriving and, you know, even, even Roberto Firmino when he was in the form of his life, when he was playing, you know, pulling the strings just behind, you know, Mo Salah and uh, Sadio Mane. Um, uh, I I adore him. I want him to stay. I think Lisa, um, you will be happy to know that we all feel the same way when it comes to uh, attacking Minamino. We hope he stays, and he he just yeah another dimension to the attack. I'm I'm really really thrilled with him. Right, guys, let's kind of move on. Let's maybe talk about um some other players um who who fielded today. Um, Carl, I'll come to you. Um, Harvey Elliott. Um, you know. The lad is literally living his dream, yeah, playing for Liverpool. He looked so bright at the beginning of the season and, of course, unfortunately, got that horrible injury against Leeds. But, and you, I mean, to be honest, I'm going to be honest with you, I've not really seen him much. Um, but he played today and he, he looked decent. Um, and, again, a different setup for him because usually he, he's always on the right-hand side and it's always somebody like Morsala and Trent Alexander-Arnold. So it was a completely different setup for him. And it didn't phase him at all. No, I mean the the kid has so so much confidence from from day one. You know, it, you, he never showed any nerves, which you would expect a, a young player to to show. I mean, granted, I'm not saying every every game has has uh, gone completely smoothly for him, but that that's not due to to nerves or a lack of confidence because he he has that in spades. And mm. um, I mean. It was unfortunate what happened against Leeds because at that time there was kind of Liverpool football writers and stuff that were kind of posing the question, you know, was Harvey Elliott in Klopp's preferred midfield three? And he was talking about Fabinho, Thiago and, and Elliott maybe being the, the, the three that Klopp was going to run with. And obviously then Elliott got injured and Thiago had his own injury problems earlier in the season. I and mean, we didn't really get to see much of that midfield, unfortunately. Um, but you know, it 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 was never going to finish on that injury. You know, even even with the obviously, you know, he's had to bide his time, and uh, you know, and it's, it's as I said earlier in the show, it's surprising it it took us this long to see him again. But you know, he, he got back in, and he's shown what we were missing, really. You know, and it, it's just so exciting now and next season when he's had a, another full pre-season under his belt and I'm sure we'll see a lot more minutes from him next season and I mean he just gives us something different I mean I, I couldn't help think watching it today you know the little clever balls he was chipping in and stuff mm-hmm. you know could he have been what we missed against Spurs when we were trying to find find a way through their their back five the other day obviously mm-hmm. hindsight's twenty twenty and all that but he, he may well have been an option he will be an option in that sense in, in games moving forward so it's it's great to have him. 
It is, absolutely. Steve, I'm going to come to you. Same question. I want to get your thoughts on uh, Harvey Elliott. And I guess something that I, you know, I, that just sort of came to me as uh, Carl was speaking, you know, these, you know, he's a young lad and he's at the very least won two, two medals this season. And what does that do for a young player? You know, like that must just build so much confidence because you know, success breeds success. And, you know, we're certainly seeing this with this Liverpool team now, you know, Jordan Henson had to wait a while before, you know, he picked up some silverware. So I want to get your thoughts just on just that whole, on that whole um, uh, situation with regards to Harvey Elliott and these young players like Curtis Jones. I thought Harvey was absolutely sensational today. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just, he's got that thing Thiago's got, right? The amount of times today. So it was in, just before he came off, um, he helps win the ball back in the, our right corner. I think Hendo wins the ball, plays the ball to him. And pretty much any other player, under pressure, three plays around him, just smashes the ball up line and gets rid. And he just stands up and very calmly just plays the ball inside to Cromwell, who is one of our players in the box, who's got no one around them, and then we hit them on the break. Um, there was a really lovely break in the second half as well, where it's like... Oh, what did it? It's what's the right down? It's Elliot and linking up with who? Oh, I didn't write it down. But it's a really lovely break. I think he does a one-two with Bobby, and then Bobby takes the shot, doesn't he, from outside the box? And just but his quick thinking, he plays the right pull, he makes the right decision, and the way he like the way he strikes the ball just makes me think of Tiago, which is I just think the best compliment you can play somebody who you know is converting from effectively being a right-sided forward for Blackburn on loan last year to a number eight for us. Um, and I think the trophies will be great for his confidence, but I genuinely think playing in training alongside one of the all-time great centre midfield playmakers is what is going to turn him into an absolutely sensational talent. And I think he'll be learning off, you know, Hendo's model professional behaviour, Millie's behaviour. Naby is such a humble brilliant player i just i think he'll go from strength to strength to strength i know a lot of people think that he'll lose his place to carvalho but i don't think he will i think they'll probably complement each other i think unfortunately i think it's jones is going to miss out um when new players come in because i don't think he's taking the step that elliot is taking elliot looks like he's going to be phenomenal but his decision making I know the passes don't always come off, but his decision-making is brilliant. And where I'm a big fan of CJ, and he was really good today, and he's really positive for the ball at his feet. He drives forward, he tries to make the right decision. But the amount of times where he releases the ball a second too slowly, or there's two or three players in front of him, and he doesn't pick the player that everyone's screaming out for. And I'm not sure CJ's quite got that decision-making. And... Yeah, it's a natural thing, right? No, I can't think as quickly as these kids with a football at my feet. Yeah. M- maybe an Excel spreadsheet, but not a football. Um, so I'm really excited about Elliot. I thought he was really good today. I'm glad that, not glad that he came off. I'm glad that Klopp managed his minutes and is going to manage expectations. And um, I hope to see a lot of him next season. But I kind of also feel for CJ because he was, he was good today, but I just, I'm not convinced he'll be anything more than a squad player for us. And I think he wants to play more. That's really interesting because, um, you know, um, 
Curtis Jones has, um, you know, played a few games and, you know, the little cameos he's had, he's, you know, he's done quite well. And I can't think who was on the post-match show, but said that, you know, obviously he's probably looking at somebody like Thiago as a mentor. So, you know what, just a quick one on, on, on Curtis Jones. I mean, we know that the lawn move did a world of wonders for uh, Harvey Elliott, you know, when his time at Blackburn. So, I mean, do, do you think maybe, um, would you keep, would, what would be more beneficial? I want to ask both of you this. Would it be more beneficial for him to kind of stick around and be like a little understudy and kind of use these players as a mentor? Or do you think he actually needs some playing time and that will actually improve his decision making? Carl, I'll come to you first on this one because he is a young lad still. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, I think ultimately on, on what will happen, you know, it's, I think we're Klopp generally in these situations. He, he leaves it with the, the players if they come to him and say, look, I, I want to move and play more football. He'll, he'll try and accommodate that. But, and, and that may be something that happens if, you know, as rumors suggest, we, we bring in another kind of top choice center mid and also with, uh, as Steve mentioned, Carvalho coming in. Um, but in terms of what I think would, would be beneficial, I, I, I do think Jones could benefit from, from going somewhere on loan. I mean, I know I, uh, posed the question to, to Dave, uh, for his, um, his daily show at one point, you know, where, where would be a good team for, for Jones to go online, uh, loan? I think at the time he talked about Norwich. Um, but uh, I do think that, 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 as Steve said, decision-making is the big problem for Jones. I think he worked his socks off today. I think he's a mm. brilliant ball carrier. You know what I mean? He's, he's one of the best we have. But sometimes he just takes the, the ball that too far. You know, he'll beat the two players fine. You want him to just pop it off to the forward and he'll try and beat a third player and he, he runs into traffic. Or sometimes you get the reverse and he just tries to kind of Hollywood pass that that's just never on and, and he, he loses the ball that way. And, you know, I think the only chance he has of kind of ironing that out of his game and, and getting that decision making is going and, and playing week in, week out. And the, the reality is even right now with, with Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson and, and Keita, that's not going to happen. If you add, you know, uh, you know, a, a top, another top class midfielder to that and, and, Carvalho, that's even less likely to happen. So, um, I mean, uh, I I think the opportunity might be there for him to to move on. I think ultimately it'll be up to to Jones, and it's difficult to say which way he's going to go. He is a local lad at the end of the the day, and and being at Liverpool is is most likely a, his boyhood dream. So, um, I'm I'm sure emotions will play a big part there, but it will be interesting to see where his future ends up in the summer. Uh- a response from Steve W here in Discord. I don't think we loan the first squad members anymore. They can learn more in training at AXA than on loan. Um, yeah, it'll just be very interesting to see how that one goes. Right. Uh, Steve, um, I'll ask you the same question. Stay or on loan? I think he needs to go on loan. Um, I think... What he needs to develop now is to be in a team where he's playing week in, week out, where he's part of the first team squad. And I don't mean a relegation battling team. I mean a mid-table team that needs him to be their progressive midfielder uh, in the Premier League or a team in the Europa League that are going to promise to play in 30 30 games a season. Um, And we know the club are really good at putting clauses in with loan clubs where they have to actually get the player on the pitch. 
there'll be loads of links to Stevie Gerrard and um, Villa over the summer. I don't think a club like that would be a bad idea. I don't know where he fits in for them. But if you just look at Conor Gallagher, right, for for Palace this year, he's gone there and he's gone from strength to strength to strength over the season. And with their ownership changes, it's gone from, you know, Chelsea selling him to a profit. Um, all the Chelsea fans I work with and, you know, talking to guys who are data analysts and all sorts about him, they all can't wait to get him back in back at Chelsea, part of the squad, don't sell him, sell other players and keep him, make him part of the team. And if Jones went to a Palace, a Villa, a West Ham and played 25, 30 Premier League games as a starter and a few cup games and really developed, then he might come back and he might come back and be the player that we missed since Ox's injury. You know, that midfielder who picks the ball up and drives it forward and tries to be positive in a different way to Thiago because he's, I think he's better moving the ball forward with him as opposed to passing it right. He gets, seems to get a lot of progressive moments with the ball at his feet. And that would be amazing if he came back and he was better than Ox and we've got that option from the bench and we've got that option for you know squad rotation and he could be a really important player. But I think he needs that season to find out, is he a Liverpool level starter or rotation piece or is he a Premier League mid-table, you know, big fish, small pond player? Um so that's why I'd really like to see him go. And I think I think somewhere like Palace and playing with Vieira would be absolutely perfect for him. Interesting. We'll have to just watch watch the space on that one. Um Carl, I'm gonna come back to you. Back to the game, back to the Bobby Firmino show. Almost got a no look goal, but it was kind of offside header. Um I thought he had a really good game. I think everyone kind of alluded to it. I think Steve did as well. The fact that, you know, when he's happy, everything just seems to be be better. He seems like he's really enjoying his football. Of course, he had that injury. We saw him featuring the FA Cup. It's good to see him back. He looks really, he looks really bright again. And I feel like when he's like that and in that mood, I just feel like he just sort of um, re-energizes the attack, regardless of his age, regardless of the goals or lack of goals thereof. I just think he's just such a. I call him a string puller, you know, you see him at the back just kind of pulling the strings. He's almost like Sadio Mane and, you know, the Mosalas and the Diaz's might be the engines in terms of the legs, but he's like, I call him the brain. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly a, an important player for us, even if he isn't a regular per se these days. Um, I mean, he, he was a big miss against Tottenham. Um, yes. We, 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 I mean, he he could have well been the difference. I think at times Mane struggled with with uh, the kind of the congestion in the centre, whereas Bobby has dealt with that many times and in, in playing in that false nine, and he he's still able to wiggle free and and pop off the ball to to one of the wide lads. So, I mean, I think he he is another one that that could well have made a difference in that game. Um, you know, he he. Came back in the FA Cup final, he came on, obviously as he was coming on, we thought maybe he was going to come on and be the hero. Being honest, he didn't look match fit coming on, which is understandable because he had been off for a few weeks. Um, but a lot changed in the past three days because he looked super sharp to, today. I, I think at one point I, there, there was a, a ball, loose ball, and I, I thought he was second favourite for it and he somehow got to it and, and laid it off out wide. Um, 
I mean, he was so, so sharp today, so clever. He, he you know, I think uh, Sky ultimately gave him man of the match. And, you know, he certainly was one of the contenders there. It was an excellent match for him. And it, it's just great to have him back and have him fit because, you know, we're, we're going to need every tool at our, our disposal if we're to, to win this Champions League final because... You know, Real Madrid might not be the the best eleven, but they do have a, a lot of good options on the bench, and you know they can go for ninety minutes, one hundred and twenty minutes if if required, and we need to be able to match them in that sense. So having the likes of Bobby, even if he is unlikely to start to to come on, is is really important. So I'm just glad he's he's come back at, at this point. Yeah, a perfect time to have him fit and match ready. And Steve, I'm going to come to you. Talk to me about Roberto Firmino. I mean, I I just think, you know, I think a majority of Liverpool fans absolutely love him. I think there was, abs- you know, there was worry and, and rightly so, uh, certainly last season and, you know, towards even the season when we won the league towards the end where he didn't quite look himself, you know, when the season sort of resumed after, you know, the pandemic, when COVID happened. But and I think all the players that looked that way, um, it just looked very strange. But he's one of those players that people seem to think that, oh, you know, he's coming towards the end with, you know, the, you know, the the sort of um, change up in in the attack. But he plays, he does really well today. For me, he looked really bright. I love his energy. I love his pressing. He he looked really really sharp today. Um, you know, he was sort of fizzing in the balls, trying to trying to force their defenders into errors, doing so much. So I want to get your thoughts on Roberto Firmino, because for me, he looked like the player from maybe three, four years ago today. Yeah, look, look, I'm massively biased. I've been supporting Liverpool since the early 90s, and I've only ever once had a player's name on my shirt, and that's Bobby Firmino, the season we won the league. I absolutely love him. Um, and he's not our best player, right? There have been players who have been better at so many things, but there's just something about him, his attitude, his smile, his no look, his his karate kicks, his just there's just he's just there's there's something charming about seeing him play football. And he just makes football seem the like the most delightful thing in the world watching him play. And I really, really enjoyed his game full stop today. I thought he was playing really well on you know, through the middle, linking up play, dropping deep. Um, had he stayed on side, you know, and literally a no-look header would have been the ultimate way for him to get on the score sheet. And I, I still think he's got an important goal in the season. But what I really, really enjoyed is the second half, and I was trying to focus on him as much as possible once we, once we started making the substitutions, because he really was playing that right-sided eight role he was dropping into midfield in deep positions and the places that um, positions that Elliot was taking up as well as get, linking up with the forwards. But he wasn't playing as a second striker. He really was playing as that midfielder. And I think, you know, he was a centre midfielder, like attacking midfielder when we signed him. And you can see Klopp is changing the shape of our front three. You can see with Diaz, what, he's, what Diaz has brought to the team, how he's trying to, change Mane's game to see if he can prolong his career as a nine. Um, we've stopped the experiment of playing Mo through the middle and Mo is very, very much just the best right-sided you know, attacker in the world now, so just play him there. And I really do wonder if, you know, if the rumours are true that Ox may leave, that Milner's not going to sign a contract, that CJ might get loaned out, um, Hendo's minutes will slowly start to decrease because 
he does get injuries in Oxford, he'll still be in Portman. But we're gonna we're going to even if we sign something, we're gonna need more minutes in midfield. And it wouldn't surprise me if we spent a season watching Bobby flip between that right side today and his usual position. We kind of saw that today, didn't we? When Elliot came on, yeah. Origi came on, you know, it was, and you know what? I was one bit phased by that. I didn't, well, for a second, think, oh God, what's going to happen to our shape? What's going to happen because of the play that Roberto Firmino is and what he does? And, you know, like even in the past when our midfields looked a bit suspect in previous seasons, you always see him drop back, don't you? It's just something natural to him where he feels the need to chip into the midfield, win the ball back from there and try, you know, just to beat and get forward. But he's so intelligent. He's got wonderful mm. passing, incredible technique. He can tackle, he can win a ball, he can press, he can intercept. Like he could be an absolutely phenomenal right side of the eight for us, or even left side of the eight. He could just be a brilliant centre midfielder for us if he wants to do it. And I hope he stays for a long time. And maybe that is the next evolution because um, I thought he was really good when he dropped into that role this afternoon. And I want to see more of it from what I saw today. Lovely stuff. Watch this space. And uh, yeah, um, also with Cavalio coming as well, I think he's going to be like a number 10 as well, isn't he? Like, he, I think he'll be probably more like a Coutinho West kind of player. Young, exciting. So, you know, there'll definitely be a lot of options for Jurgen Klopp. I think people will be just really looking at this setup and the conundrum of how we play. But yeah, I do agree with you. I think players like um, Ox Chamberlain definitely, unfortunately, will be going. Uh, purely because I don't think he can make the team anymore, um, which is a shame. And also his injuries haven't helped him. But He's been wonderful. I, I really like him, but it looks it looks highly likely that he'll be off. Uh, Carl, I'm going to come back to you. Let's carry on talking about this game. Of course, we talk about Taki's goal there, and rightly so, but um, I have a question or a thought here. Let me see. Yep, it's from Jib, and he goes, anyone know why VAR didn't bring the goal back for a foul? And of course, he's talking about Redmond's goal and uh, the foul on Jota. Um, talk to me about that one, because when Redmond scored, um, obviously it all happened from the right-hand side. He took it really well as well, to be fair. You know, he just runs, cuts in, just takes it, boom. You can't really do much about that. Of course, they take the lead. Um, but, you know, there was a foul on Jota and uh, Jurgen Klopp was absolutely furious. So um, your thoughts on the question and, uh, you know, how was your how was your heart rate when they when they scored first? Because I was pretty fine. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, in terms of VAR, I wasn't too bothered with VAR because obviously there was a, a bit of a stretch between the, the foul and the goal that, that Liverpool would have been deemed to have had a chance to reset and you know we, we we should have dealt better with it regardless of the foul you know I, I think the midfield kind of went, went missing in a defensive sense um yeah. for that one but you do have to point the finger at the ref because he was in a good position to see the foul and somehow he thought it was a fair challenge i i, I don't get it like clear as day he, he goes through the the player to to get the ball um, you know, uh, Martin Tyler liked to, to point out how it was an alleged foul, you know, but but uh, he's he's a commentator there getting the benefit of the replay. I, I think he has the opportunity to say if it's a foul or not, to just uh, kill him to 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 uh, admit anything Liverpool's way. Um, it was a poor decision by the ref. Um, I mean, to 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 kind of parish um. Steven Gerrard in, in regards to, to another ref on the weekend. It's it's uh you, you could say maybe it's good it's he's retiring, maybe it's the right time. Um but I mean it, it's 
it, it, as you said, I wasn't too concerned. Of course, I was disappointed we, we conceded. And, and as I said, it, there was uh, flaws to be found in, in our defending, maybe on, on the goal. Um, but but overall, we, we'd been playing well. And, you know, we, we had some good options on the bench. So with, with so much time to go, I, I wasn't panicked. I know this Southampton team give up a lot of goals. They, they have, especially in recent weeks. So um, I was always confident that we could find our way back in. Absolutely. I mean, the first thought that did come into my mind with Redmond's goal was like, when he scored was, you lot should be on the beach. What are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, you literally, stop it. Uh, Steve, I'm going to come to you. Same question. Uh some question there about VAR and the foul on uh, Jota and, you know, Jurgen Klopp not being happy with that. And, uh, yeah, the ref um, just holding up the high standard of officiating in the Premier League. But I'll, I'll let you have your say on this one. I'll, I'll keep it brief. I think the UP boys covered it this week. Um, the rules are crap. Uh, I don't think the VARs are allowed to go back that far. Um, and football sometimes needs to stop and look at just how VAR is used. Full stop. Just need to sit back and look at how well rugby used the um, television match official because it just works. It's massively improved the game. It's made it more enjoyable. The, having the mics on, hearing the conversations with the referee, yeah. taking the ball back several phases of play to go, this is where some, there was a foul at this point. It's impacted the game. Don't allow the try, right? Like, we need to... In, that should come to football. But the rule... Basically, the rules are crap. So, because the referee didn't give the foul, it was never going to get given. So, the goal has to stand within the rules. And it's bollocks because it was a foul. I like it. Short, sweet, and to the point, which I love to hear. Steve, I'm going to stick with you. I mean, I felt like Lino Liverpool kind of, I don't know, like controlled. I thought we played really well. Um, you know, those players like Chimikas who played really well and uh, talked to me about Joel Matip's goal because that was the most effortless header ever. He didn't even jump. It was brilliant. Chimikas corner. It, it, I don't know if it took a deflection. I don't know what was going on. I've not even looked at to see who they've given it to. Did it ricochet off the defender and then ping pong back onto his head? I don't know what happened there, but it was the most bizarre header ever. It was in slow motion. And it's going to make the most wonderful out of context Matip tweet, isn't it? It's going to be wonderful yes. memes. Um, I said to Guy on Saturday, was it Saturday? This is what happens when you get concussion, you forget shit. Um, I'm sure it was Saturday. I said, I, I said to Guy that there's definitely a clutch Matip goal coming before the end of the season. And I am definitely with Mr. Drinkle as part of the Costas Simicus Albi replacement fan club. Um, I thought he was really good today. I thought he was really positive. He, yes. Um, and it was, even though it was a deflected corner, or is, is, does it count as a deflection? He's crossed the ball in and the defenders basically headed it yeah, to he Joel. Does, yeah. And Joel's kind of bent over a bit like a let. Imagine if you were trying to like, replicate a football match with a Lego man and he's kind of bent over like a Lego man hasn't he mm. and, headed, and somehow headed the ball in um, and then it's looped in in slow-mo it was so it was just so dramatic I can't think of any other way to display like, explain <laughs> that goal it was brilliant and yeah it's so fitting for that kind of player as well and you're right out of context dramatic right there uh, Carl I'm going to come to you I mean that goal uh I love the fact that our defenders do quite well on set pieces, and you know, seeing Joel Matip score is um is always a wonderful thing. Yeah, I mean, 
Joel Matos is just one of those cult heroes. I mean, not not in the usually a cult hero is maybe kind of a an an average player or less, yes. you know, kind of good player. But he's an excellent player. But he's also a cult hero, and it's just you know he he just gives you so many kind of those just tweet moments. You know, obviously when he he uh, kind of scared slash annoyed Henderson <laughs> earlier in the season with slapping him on the back of the head and. You know, he's just, he's just such a character. And, um, I mean, he's in the past, he, he would be one of those that you would have described as a, a 50 pence head because, you know, yes. he'd get his head to the ball, but somehow he'd never find the back of the net. But this season, he's, he's gotten among the goals and as of all our, our center halves, really, which is, is great to see. But, um, I, I just thought it was kind of funny, the goal at the time, not, not just the fact it was matter, but the fact that I, I think our, the one part of our game that maybe was lacking today was our deliveries from corners. Yeah. And it was almost as if Southampton felt sorry for us and <laughs> Nobody even helped, helped it on into the box <laughs> to find its way to Matip. So, um, yeah, no, it was just, it was, it was a, uh, maybe an unlikely way to get the goal, uh, given, given the way we, we've been playing. And as I said, the delivery hadn't been great on, on set plays, but it was well deserved given that we, we really started to, to turn the screw at that point. And really, really um, handy to be scoring from those kind of positions as well, because like you said, our set pieces weren't overly great today. But just in general, an observation that I've kind of been making about Liverpool and, you know, and you only have to go back to, you know, um, I'm going to say, you know, the, the FA Cup uh, final where I thought, you know, Liverpool started really, really bright and, you know, it, you know, it was just like basically one touch away from us scoring. So our finishing hasn't been overly great. And when you think about, obviously, we've got one game left in, in the season, in the league. You've got a Champions League game, so you need to kind of be threatening and sharp in, in all aspects. Uh, you've got to take your chances. And, you know, this is where I hope, you know, the Reds really do get their shooting and heading boots on. And if we can be threatening offset pieces and our centre-backs can certainly aid us in that regard, I mean, it's it's only a good thing. Um, yeah, Joel Matip, I can't believe we got him on a free. You know, uh, it's 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 pretty pretty cool. Um, uh, we'll take that all day, every day. I think everyone absolutely adores Joel Matip. At the sea, at the beginning of the season, we were all like, we're waiting for Joel Matip to kind of score a goal, and of course, he got one against Leeds. So it's, I think, he just brings such a big smile to every Liverpool supporter's face, and what a wonderful defender he is as well. Bless him, um, guys. I is there any? I mean. I'm just thinking, is there any key moments from the game that you feel like needs addressing? I guess we could talk about Joe Gomez. And Carl, I will stick with you on this one. Joe Gomez, I think he's doing really well at right back. You know, he's looked pretty decent every time he's featured there. Um, Really, really sad to see him go off. Um, I think we were all quite nervous and scared as to what, what happened there. But I think Dell's put in something there that... Jurgen Klopp has said he'll be okay and it's nothing too much to worry about. So, I mean, your, your thoughts on that? Because, again, he's another player that looks so, so good and he was a show starter with Virgil van Dijk and then he gets injured and then he finds himself as a fourth-choice kind of, you know, centre-back. Yeah, I mean, he's been so unlucky with injuries yes. in, in his career at Liverpool. Like, he's not an injury-prone player. It's not like he pulls hamstrings here, there, and everywhere. It's He gets these real massive ones, impact yes. injuries that, that see him out for, for long periods. Um, So, 
you know, obviously that happened to him again last season. He's had to, to fight his way back. He's, you know, he finds that there's a lot of competition for centre-back, so he's been given the opportunities at right-back. And I think we've seen a clear improvement um, with him in that role as the season's gone on. I, I think obviously when uh, myself and Lisa Marie were on for the Newcastle game, mm. You know, we we had high praise for for Gomez and his performance, and I I, I know some fans who who thought he was man of the match on the day, thought he had an excellent game. So, um, it was another good performance from him today until he went off. And I do, you know, we talked earlier about where was I nervous when Redmond scored? No, but the one time I was nervous was when Gomez went down. Yes, because I just feel so bad for him you know with, with the bad luck he's had and he just he just needs a lucky break you know he, he needs to just be able to avoid injury for a while and you know get a good run in in the team um because i i think there is you know people talk like maybe he's finished as a you know a regular center half for liverpool but i i'm not so sure i i, I think he can work his way back in there some people tend to have short memories you know he was part of the the partnership that won us the league alongside van dyke mm. and i think he can still force his way back into the competition but obviously in order to do so he needs to stay fit he needs to get a, a pre-season under his belt so it's a real relief to hear Klopp say that that it was um that he's likely to be okay and and hopefully we see him back in the squad on Sunday. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, yep. Lubo, there. Um, this is Joe's first injury this season, and it does not sound like it's even that serious, which is great for him as well. You know, we we definitely definitely need him to be in the mix of things. Steve, I'll come to you. Joe Gomez, your thoughts on him, and uh, you know. How how do you fancy him as a you know as as a bit of a right back? Um, it's good to see him getting minutes. I think he's vastly underrated as a right back. I was listening to Hendrik once saying that Joe can't like that Joe can't cross, and Joe's crossing has been really good. Um, I think he's really mm. positive. He's very different to Trent Wright. He's yes. more like he is more like a traditional fullback when he plays right back. Uh, you know, he overlaps. He does get into the box quite a lot, gets to the byline. He tries to cross it and cut back. But he also gives us a physical presence. And I think there are games where it's helpful to be able to play him and rest Trent. And he can go and pick a battle when you've got a team that's playing a target man as one of their front three out wide, you know, that a team that are maybe the right-hand side isn't going to be where we're going to attack from. And now we've got, you know, Thiago and Diaz on the left, and that's where our creativity might come from. Just having his his strength and his pace, he, he's still pretty quick. Um, and any way of giving him minutes that makes him want to stay, because I still feel like there is a point, if he wants to stay long-term, that he could still surpass Matip. I do think, had he not got injured, I do think we would have still signed Ibu at some point, or someone like Ibu. I think Ibu would be fighting with Joe now because Joe and Van Dyke just have this connection. Um, on the pitch, they just look brilliant. Off the pitch, they are so, so funny together. And I think personalities and relationships and all of those off-the-field things that we don't see and forget about are really, really important. So um, I'm really pleased for Joe. I'm really pleased that it's not a serious injury. I'm pleased he's been playing really well, that he's got assists, that, you know, the, you know when he assisted for Jota and Jota said in the post-match interview, I told Joe if he crossed the internet, I'm going to score for him. You know, the fact that that's the camaraderie around him. Um, and he's good. And he 
is going to give if he's for example if he's playing behind Elliot, it gives Elliot so much more space and opportunity to be the creative player on that side. While also Elliot knows he's got a guy who's six foot and built like a shed to coming on the overlap and if you get the ball to him, he's not exactly going to get bullied off the ball, is he? So, yeah, I really, really like Joe. Uh, I really hope he sticks around. And some of the best defences of all time, you know, I referenced them before, like in Milan, when they had players like Costa Kerter on the bench. Like, you need to have a great variety of players. And, you know, if you just think about a bench, if you've got a seven player bench and you've got Costas and Joe, that's your entire back four covered between two players. Yeah, I think he's invaluable and I hope he stays around long term and I hope that next year maybe he plays, you know, fifteen games at right back, fifteen games at centre back and he keeps on smiling. Absolutely, absolutely right, guys. I think we've come to the end of this uh chit chat about this game. We'll get to man of the match now, but before I do, I mean, I'm going to come to Carl on this one first. One game to go, still pretty much everything to play for. It's mad, isn't it? That the quad, we've taken it to the last game of the season. I mean, I know Steven Gerrard doesn't have like the best of record against the top teams in terms of uh, getting points off them, but... You know, you look back to, you know, the Steven Gerrard slip and, you know, I don't know, could this be redemption? Like, do, do you do you think this is it now? If I'm honest, you know, uh, you know I, I'm not saying, to say my expectations are low, that, that would sound like a slide against this team. It's nothing to get, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the, the, the fight and the last. You're just a realist, and... aren't you? Exactly. You know, 2018 is too fresh in, in my memory. You know, I, I every week there, we obviously I'd, I'd watch City and, you know, it was tied with them against Burnley. It was tight and I'd be expecting they'd drop points and then they'd come up with a winner. So I kind of said to myself, we ended up in the similar position this time around after we drew at, at City that, you know, I wasn't going to torture myself. <laughs> So I was just going to, you know, see what happens. And and that's really what I'm going to be doing on, on Sunday, seeing what happens. Obviously, I'll watch our, ourselves. You know, I'll, I'll be, you know, ex- hoping for win and expecting win. I'm I'm sure we'll go out and beat Wolves at Anfield. Just just like we did in 2018. We, we won our game. We did our business. And we just, we left it up to, to City. And just unfortunately, they did theirs too. And, and that's that's my expectation. But it's nice to have the the chance, and and as far as Aston Villa go, you know I do expect they'll give it the all. Gerard will want it. I I think Coutinho will want it for Liverpool. He still has a lot of friends there. Danny Ings has a lot of friends there. You know, the, and I think with those former Liverpool players and a former Liverpool player as their manager, I I think the rest of the Villa players will 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 give it their best. I don't think they'll be on the beach. You know, I think that they will try and put in a performance. It might not be good enough at the end of the day, but you know, at least we have that opportunity to to win it on the final day. You know, we we didn't kind of in the last two games against Villa and then tonight. You know, we we could have easily just slipped up and then said, "Ah, well, City, we're going to win it anyway." That that's not the way you want to do it. You you want to give yourself every chance of winning the league, and I'm I'm glad we're we're hanging in there with, with that chance and. You know, I said, no matter what happens, you know, we, we can be proud of our performances in the league. And I don't think the league was lost at Tottenham. I don't think the league 
was lost at, at Man City. You know, I, I think it's not realistic to expect a team to go and win 18 games on the trot and win the league that way. It's just, it, it, it's... For me, it was the early draws and it was like that loss to Leicester City. You know, those kind, you know, like the... Exactly. We had too many draws, you know, I, I agree with you on that one. We had a lot of injuries in the midfield earlier in the season. You know, we talked about obviously Elliot was out for a long mm. spell. Thiago was out a lot at that point. Fabinho. We treated Brighton games. as well this season. Yeah, we did. We treated Brighton as well. Uh, yeah, we drew to Brentford. Yes, <laughs> another this is what I mean. ter- terrible performance. So, I mean, I I think midfield injuries for for me that that's where I'll be pointing the finger when it when it comes to to where this 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 league was was one loss and, and Man City fans because oh that's excuses 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 they can say what they want but the facts are facts we had a lot of injuries in midfield and it's no coincidence that's when we we dropped points earlier in the season so you know I'm I'm not going to get too frustrated about Tottenham or or Man City you know and, and I'm going to be proud of the effort that this team made to, to create a title challenge out of nothing I, I think I someone put in the chat there a, a few minutes ago that, that the league table back in January you know we were 14 points behind albeit with a, a couple of games in hand but to to get it down to a sole point you know that's that's an incredible achievement over a few months of football so credit to Klopp and the lads absolutely absolutely and Steve same question to you if, if we don't win the league this weekend, I don't see any failure or any negative yes. aspects whatsoever. I think I'm right in saying that we are the only team to ever have not won the league with ninety with over 90 points. And we're going up against a sport-washing establishment. We're not going up against a, play, a fair playing field. And any other league, any other experience, if there isn't, you know, if there isn't a pep city, we still get over 90 points this year and we've walked the league. Um, so I think we should be incredibly proud of the team and I think we're going to smash Madrid because we owe them. Though Trev says if it's penalties, I've got to join in. I don't want that. I can't cope any more penalties. But I think we're going to smash... <laughs> doing I, think, it, yeah, you... <laughs> I, I think we're going to smash Madrid. I think we're going to get at least three trophies. We're going to make the final game of the season so goddamn exciting for the first time in forever. And there are so many stories. Obviously, there's lots of talk about Stevie and Danny Ings and um, obviously Coutinho. I was joking on Discord or WhatsApp earlier that, you know, final day of the season, Phil and Bobby are getting winners because that would just be magical. But the thing that really pissed me off this week is when Jack Grealish, with his boy band hair, started talking about how the big story this weekend was him potentially winning at Villa. That makes me want him to fucking bottle it more than anything else. Well, story, he did when it mattered against the, Madrid. The story is not about Jack Grealish and his terrible haircut and his 100 million transfer. He's the least important player that weekend. So I think he's going to do something dreadful and Villa are going to get a result. Hopefully, hopefully. Up yeah. before I, Trophy Reds. Yeah, he's just, yeah, I can't stand him. I call him B-Tech Beckham. And you know what made me kind of sick on, on a personal level? I First of all, I... I don't look at football as that is plus like a bit old for this now, but like the the way girls were going gaga over him in the Euros, he's ugly. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. Like I just think he's awful. He's no Alison Becker, is he? He's i I'm sorry, no you're like boy band hair. I just maybe I'm too old, maybe my taste is more refined, you know, but no. 
no, no, no. Just going to put that out there. Anyway, enough of that. That is just the most random chit chat ever. Yeah, but I can't stand him. He's awful. Uh, let's let's move on uh, swiftly. Man of the match. Steve, I'll come to you first. Who's your man of the match and why? Lisa's laughing, by the way. I think she agrees with me. It was nearly Ebu because I've written down um, Southampton Cross Ebu clears about 5,000 times today. But it's, but it's Bobby. I'm sorry. It's Bobby. Bobby was fucking fantastic. Bobby was smiling. He should have scored. And we won. And he played. And that that's enough. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Bobby Firmino. And we won. And it is more than enough. And what about you, um, Carl? Who was your man of the match? Yeah, I think Bobby's definitely in with a, a strong uh, show, but but to be different, I'm I'm gonna go with someone else. Um, I, I think maybe Elliot, if he'd played an extra ten minutes, would would have been in with a shout as well. And and Kanate is an, another option, but I, I'm gonna go with a, a less obvious choice, and I'm actually gonna go with with James Milner. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I talked about, I made a joke about the the uh, age handicap when he got the man of the match from Sky against uh, Newcastle yes. after a good game. Um, but I actually thought this was a better game from today. I think I think put up a stat at one point when he was playing in midfield where you know he's he got, created he's five chances. chances. Yes, yes. Whereas everyone else had only created the one, and he just kept winning the ball back. He you yes. know he even injured himself, uh, well hurt himself at one point with a great challenge. And when he had to move to fullback, you know he, he was up against uh, Nathan Redmond, who tends to bring his best games against Liverpool for some reason. And obviously he was on a high having scored that goal and I, I think you know despite the pace disadvantage I, I think Milner had a good battle with him and, and he, he stuck in there you know whether it was uh, Redman out there or, or obviously Broa kind of drifting out that side so you know I'm going to give it to, to James Milner I thought it was a, a, a solid display from him and, and uh, again, one in which he showed kind of all aspects of his game Absolutely. And, you know, the diversity as well, moving, moving to right back as well. Yeah, I, I saw that stat as well. And he was really, really, he was really getting stuck in. And, you know, he did have a decent game. Almost got injured as well with that little hospital pass from Joel and Matip. But um, uh, I think it's Simon Brundish that used to call him Ironborn, but, you know, got up on his feet, you know, and it was quite a nasty one as well. So, yeah, James Milner. Um, I like it. We don't play him much, but when he comes on now, he, he you know, it's like all his energy is like sort of reserved for what he needs to do. Guys, um, we have come to the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for everyone that joined us live. Um, quite a lot of you are on Discord today, so we really, really appreciate it. Tweet us your man of the match. Let us know your thoughts. Give us your feedback. Let us know your thoughts for the weekend, you know, and uh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much to all you excellent people. Thank you to our callers. Kieran and Lisa Marie, really, really appreciated your input into the show. And of course, a massive thank you to these two excellent gents. But before I let them go, I'm going to get some plugs on where you can find them on social media. Carl, I will come to you first. Uh, Where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at, at KMAC of the Cop. Um, as far as plugs, nothing at the moment, but I am planning a chat with uh, Mr. Guy Drinkle once the, the season ends and, and see about getting one up on the, on the go again, especially as we head into that busy uh, news season for, for video games, you know, the traditional E3 time. So if you're into your games, keep, keep an eye out for that because I'm, I'm sure we will have some shows up over the summer. 
no rest for the wicked yeah do check that out and i'm sure we have so many gamers and of course we're on a platform that is um loved by gamers right discord so i'm I'm sure there's plenty on here that will really appreciate um those podcasts as well not a gamer myself maybe i need to start uh better late than never and steve i'm gonna come to you uh where can people find you on social media and is there anything you'd like to plug you know specifically you know post match show that you were part of i don't know <laughs> you can find me on twitter on Stephen underscore b underscore a and that's Stephen spelt properly with a ph um for all my wonderful opinions and i don't have anything to plug because if i'm back on ai in the next month it means something's gone fucking wrong and there's not and there's more penalties again against madrid <laughs> Bless you. Um, well, we love hearing you on, on the podcast. But yeah, give both of these a follow. They are excellent people to follow. For my part, um, I will be back for the final episode of the Nina Kazish of the season. And yeah, let's hope it's, um, you know, a little bit of an iconic one. And of course, Euro Incision will be back as well, where we will be uh, looking. Well, hopefully, we're talking about Liverpool winning the European Cup for the seventh time. Um, it's the hope that keeps you alive guys thank you so much for listening uh take care and till next time up the reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.